Good morning. Glad to see you here. We are continuing our, our walk through what the scripture says about dealing with the gravity effect, which we've mentioned is this tendency for our thoughts and emotions to pull us in the wrong direction, to pull us downward, to keep us down as we deal with the circumstances, the challenges, the frustrations of life. And so today, we're going to look at how that happens in relation to work. It's amazing to me how a simple project can get all tangled up and become extremely complex. On the way over here, I hadn't thought of this, I'm surprised. Uh, but I thought of this, this scenario that uh, happened. It's not a scenario, it's an actual real-life event, unfortunately. But uh, my son, when he was two, we had just moved into the Daisy Apartments to start the church here in Diamond Bar. This is a while back, 25 years ago. And he liked to throw things. He loved to throw things. And he grabbed a golf ball, threw it through our front window at the Daisy Apartments. And that meant uh, I needed to pay the person 100 150 I can't remember the exact amount, to fix the window. Well, that, that was an astronomical amount of money at the time in our, our family budget. And so I got the brilliant idea that I'm going to fix it myself, save some money. And I didn't know what I was doing, honestly. I, I was just thought, I'm going to 50% off if I can do this. And I went down, got the glass, took the frame, tried to fit it in there. And as I was fitting it in the frame, it didn't quite fit. There was a little, just a little gap <laughs> in the frame. And as I was tweaking it, it cracked right down the middle. I, I Frankly, I wish I did better, but I went ballistic. I started stomping on the thing and... I, I just, Cindy went in the bedroom, just, okay, I'm just going to let it, <laughs> him work this out. And I'm just, that was frustrating. Seemed like a simple task. Well, long story short, I ended up paying more than I would have if I had just paid the guy in the beginning with a lot of frustration. It's amazing to me how you set out to do something, and it's difficult. I was surprised, frankly, when I started into ministry, and I found out, it's, it's, there's a lot to it. Seemed, seemed easy to me before I was in it full time. But boy, some days you just get up and it feels like each leg weighs 300 pounds each and it's hard to put one in front of the other and keep moving. It's difficult. Work can be complex. It's work. Sometimes we dread the thought of getting up on Monday morning and going to work. Sometimes because it's so difficult, as Monday approaches... Our chest gets tighter and tighter, and we dread it. Most of the time, projects take longer and cost more than we thought they would. Family efforts are a struggle. It seems like you should be able to put a puzzle together and enjoy one another, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes it gets out of hand. School projects, they start unraveling, and they can be difficult. One person in the work group tends to carry the load for the whole project because it just falls apart. Somebody's got to be responsible. If we aren't careful, our negative thoughts and emotions will pull us like gravity in a downward spiral that makes us miserable. And what we've been looking at in the Scripture is how we can choose what we dwell on. And what we 
decide to dwell on in our minds makes all the difference. The key to overcoming the gravity effect in any area of our life is to learn to deal with the negative thoughts and emotions that unwanted circumstances produce in a productive way. This is the key to our joy factor in life, where our thoughts land. A center of gravity in physics is the point in a body of matter where the total weight of the body is consecrated. It's an imaginary point, you can't really figure it out. But it's the center of gravity where all the weight resides. The focus of your thoughts is your mental center of gravity. We talked about this first week, how the U.S. Army defines the center of gravity in a battle as the source of power that provides moral or physical strength, freedom of action, or will to act. So what they do, what we do, our army, what it does in a, in a battle is it, it, it focuses on its own center of gravity and keeps trying to reinforce it, make it stronger, and it tries to discover the enemy's center of gravity and weaken it. This, this is the battle that goes on in our mind, and God wants to help us reinforce our center of gravity and lift us above the gravity effect. He, he provides a bunch of help related to work in the Scripture. And so, to begin, I want to give us some perspective from the Bible that, that reinforces our mental center of gravity toward our work. Let's look at it. The Bible's clear that Christ's followers should be working in faith for the right boss. Now, our tendency in our minds is to separate God's work and what He's doing and what He wants us to do from the work we do to make a living, or our work in school, or our work around the house. We, we have this separation sometimes in our mind, but you won't find that separation in the mind of God. You, you don't see it in Scripture. It's, it's not there. In, in the Bible, you learn that any legitimate endeavor, any legitimate work that fulfills God's purpose is significant to him. And, and he, he's paying attention, and he wants to be involved in it. <clears throat> he wants to help us with that. Legitimate work is that which contributes to what God wants done in the world. We're going to look at this a little later, some specific things. But what God wants done in the world is he wants to meet the needs of his creatures, especially people, including people and, and others. And he, he wants us to do work that forwards his purposes in the history of what he's doing here in the world in history. <clears throat> Practically, this means that Christians are commanded to do their best in their work whether or not anyone will ever notice except God. It means that God doesn't leave us to ourselves when we go to work. He goes with us. He's right there. And if we let him, he uses what's going on at work to build our faith and character. If we invite him in, to our work, he helps us. And what you find is, he doesn't change our work. 
He doesn't change the work, but in the process of doing our work, he changes the worker. He changes the one doing the work. Working for the right boss makes all the difference. First thing, if you work for the right boss, he sets a higher standard for us. In Colossians 3.22, it says, Slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. In Colossians 3.22 through 24, which is what we're looking at, Paul is addressing work. He's talking to the lowest members of the Roman culture, the slaves. They were a conquered people who were doing the most menial tasks. And the correlation for us is, We're not slaves, but we have a job description. We have things we need to get done. We have things to accomplish. But what Paul says to the lowest members of the culture in Rome, he says that they were working for God. And trust me, they they weren't just working for the Roman masters. He says this in four different ways. As we walk through this passage, we see they're, they're working for God. And I don't know if you've ever seen... I think it's called Dirty Jobs on Discovery Channel. These guys were doing those. The worst, the lowest things, you, ooh, the most menial tasks. And what he does is he raises it to a level of significance. Because any work that is legitimate and needs to be done is significant and important to God. We, we need to understand this. No matter where you and I fit into the pecking order in the work world, Christ takes a direct interest in your work, in my work. No matter where we fit in, and he views it as significant. This means that we need to do our best. Whether or not any human being sees what we're doing or even notices ever what we're doing. We need to give it our all. One aspect of fearing God, it says that we need to do it without people pleasing in the fear of the Lord. One aspect of what it means to fear God is you realize he's watching all the time. Hebrews 4.13 says that. No creature is hidden before him, but all are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have due. He's always watching. If I fear God, I realize that he's watching me As I work, and I do my best for him, even when nobody's looking. I was self-employed in grad school, which meant uh, why I said I, I used to say I own a janitorial service, which meant I cleaned toilets to get through seminary. And uh, this turned out to be a very helpful part of my my training for ministry. Very, very helpful. Um, Because against the backdrop of the world system of values, uh, where people get paid millions for playing make-believe actors. That's important. Art actually has a place. Good art, for sure, has a place and a role in our lives. So I'm not knocking the good art. That's just the way it is. People get paid a lot of money for hitting a ball over a fence, and the Giants seem to be doing it better than, than anybody else this year. And <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for me. I don't know where you stand. I'm a Dodger fan. So... It's, it's just, I, I'm, 
I'm trying to rejoice with those who rejoice. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. But these guys, get, they get paid millions of dollars for hitting a little ball over a fence, you know. And I, so I know how this all is, and I, I'm doing this work. I'm vacuuming, throwing away the trash, cleaning toilets and things. And I didn't always get treated as important. But I began to own this perspective during this time in this passage. And I began to do my work before God. Whatever I was doing, I was doing it before God. And, and I could feel his pleasure in that. I could, I could experience that what I was doing, whatever it was, was important to God. And I needed to do my best for him. Honest work has a dignity all its own because of the one you're working for. If you've decided to follow Christ, you have a new boss, the real boss, and he's watching, and he's waiting to reward and honor your best effort. He really is. Working for the right boss raises the value of my work. 323 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. It's sort of the same thought repeated, but we're to work heartily. We're to give it everything we've got no matter what we're doing. Whatever you do, if it's worth doing, do it with all you've got. If it, is, if it is fulfilling, like I said, legitimate work fulfills one of God's purposes for work, the work that he gives. And if it's fulfilling one of these, it's significant to him. Here are five purposes for the work God gives. You find these in a book called Your Work Matters to God. It's a very helpful book by Doug Sherman and... I think it's William Hendricks, but it's Sherman and Hendricks. But a very helpful book on work perspective. Five purposes for work that God gives. To serve people, to help them out, to meet our own needs. This is what God wants us to work and be responsible. And at one point, he actually says, if you're not taking care of yourself and your family, then you're worse than somebody who doesn't believe God. God wants us to take responsibility for ourselves, to meet our own needs, to meet our family's needs, to earn money to support His work, enough to have some extra to support His work, and to give to others to help them. And then to love God, work that loves God. This is, that that kind of actually encompasses everything, because if you serve people, you're loving the people He loves. You're doing what He's done. But the way God has, the way He takes care of the world is he, he divides all the responsibilities up into what the Bible calls stewardships. And he gives you a stewardship. That means a realm of responsibility, something for which you're responsible to do. Your job description at work. And in the family, it would be your, your chores or your role or your part of what it takes to make the family work. In ministry, it's your place as either group leader, team leader, group member, team member, whatever your role in church life is, that's your stewardship that God's given. Your piece of the action right there. This is what you're responsible to make it happen. And this is how God intends to take care of everything that's going on in the world. This is the way he chose to do it, through people. Now, because of some things that happen that I don't have time to explain, it, it doesn't always go well. 
because people don't hold up their end of the bargain and things, it's like gears grinding and uh, it's miserable. But this is how it works. So we work for God and it raises the value of whatever we're doing because if you think about it, we're doing it for him. This is how he's decided to make things happen in the world for the most part. Now he steps in and he does what he's going to do. God does whatever pleases him. But as a routine, he works through the people that he's made to get it done. Working for the right boss provides greater motivation. Verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. There it is again, the, the new boss. We have a different boss. If we keep in mind that we are working for Christ and he is using us to accomplish his purpose, this should give us a whole new level of motivation to put our whole heart into it. Ephesians 6 says, work with enthusiasm. If you understand what's going on with your work, you can get motivated this way to be enthusiastic as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. If we work as though we're working for God rather than people, we're going to be a star at work because most people work for the people. And their effort is contingent on what's going on out here in their external circumstances, the way people are treating them, the way people are relating to them. It's, it's dependent on everything out here, not what's in here between me and God. But if we understand the role that God has given us as, as believers, as people who are Christ followers, he wants us to give everything we've got to whatever we're doing right now. If we do that, we're going to be a star. But to pull this off, we have to deal with the mental pull of gravity that yanks our thoughts and emotions in a downward spiral. And so for the rest of the message, we're going to look at how to deal with that, what Scripture says about dealing with that, how to overcome the gravity effect at work. How, how do we do that? What are the the negative thoughts and emotions that keep us from working heartily. I think if I asked you, you could probably give me a list right now. Just boom, click it off. Worry is certainly one of them. To overcome the gravity effect at work, don't let worry paralyze you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we look at this verse a lot, but it says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray and give your request to God with thanksgiving. Make your request known. Specific, whatever's on your heart, whatever you're struggling with, make it known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Some uncertainties at work that require faith are these. Is our effort going to pay off? Am I going to work hard, and then it's just not going to amount to anything? We're not going to make the progress. If you're, if you're in sales or you're building a business or you're starting a project, you're not quite sure how it's going to come together. We like upfront guarantees. You know, <laughs> if we're going to give it everything we've got, we want to know it's going to pay off. We love that guarantee on the front end that everything I put my heart into is going to really make a difference. 
God promises to reward. This is, this is where we can get some of our motivation and relief. God is watching. If we're working with everything we got, he gonna, he's going to reward. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make it pay somehow, some way or ever. Or some way or other, he's going to make it pay. Whenever you have to submit, here's another worry. Whenever you have to submit to leadership or authority, that makes you nervous, doesn't it? Because you're not quite sure you can trust those guys. You know, they, they don't make the same kind of decisions I would make. And I just don't know, especially when there's a high-stakes decision uh, being made and, and they don't go with your idea. You've given your input. You know, this is what I think we need to do. They don't go with your idea. You, they throw it aside. Whew, I don't know how this is going to turn out. First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast your anxiety on God, for he cares for you. Give your worry to God. Give your fears to him. He, he really cares. The context of that passage has to do with um, following leadership in church life. That makes you nervous. <laughs> when, you get, when you worry, cast your anxiety on God. Another worry, can I do this job? Can I even pull it off? Can I handle the response? Especially when you get a promotion. You're like, oh, okay. I hope I can pull this off. I'm not quite sure I can. Focus on what you control, your faithfulness and effort. These are normal worries, but hand them over to God. Keep asking God to help with the challenges that you face throughout the day. Give your fears to God with a thankful heart. That's what the passage says. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Give your fears to God with a, with a thankful heart. Gratitude is an extremely healthy emotion. I'm going to skip past Halloween. I'm going to go right to Thanksgiving. I love that holiday. To be thankful is such a healthy thing. It puts you in the right frame of mind to take responsibility for what you can do in your work or whatever it is you're dealing with with a positive attitude. You, it, it sets you right. So make a thank list and pull that out when you get worried. Make a thank list. All the things you're grateful for about your work. Go through it in your mind and then ask God for help. As you, as you struggle with worry, ask God specifically to help you with whatever you're dealing with. Specific help. Father, help me to know how to respond to this customer right now. Help me to do the right thing because I'd, I'd like to chicken choke them, but I need to respond in the right way. God, would you help me with that? Lord, would, would you show me how to unravel this problem? I can't figure out what's going on. I started out on this project and whoo, it's going several different directions. Would, would you help me figure this out? Father, would you help me get motivated even to do what I've got to do right now. Would you help me with this? You, you can ask God for help in the moment. And we're instructed to do this, to give our worries to God. And then do everything you can to succeed in your work, your family life, in ministry. You do what you can, and then you leave it to God to, to take care of the outcome. To overcome the gravity effect at work, that's the first thing we need to do. Second, choose a can-do attitude. This is a high value here at Church of the Valley. We work toward this. We don't do it perfectly, but we work toward it. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this is a passage that's claimed a lot for a, a lot of different things. But actually, the context of this is 
Paul is talking about trying to do what God's asked him to do. So it applies to all those legitimate things that we've been looking at. All of those things. I can do all of those with the strength that God provides, with all that he gives me, what he, he wants me to do, I can do. He said that he learned an important lesson, Paul did, before this, a couple of verses before this. God can help me do, this is Paul, God can help me do exactly what he wants me to do, whether or not I have meager resources or millions. Whether it's meager or millions, he can help me. A can't-do mentality blocks progress toward our goals. If we're low on resources, ask God to help us figure it out and, and how to pull it off, be resourceful, and get it done. That's, that's one block to a can-do mentality. Another mental obstacle to our progress is called elephant thinking. Elephant thinking. When they train an, uh, an elephant for the circus... What they do when they're a baby, they tie the baby elephant's leg to a pole in the ground, and the baby elephant you know, tugs against the pole, tries to get away, tugs against the pole over and over and over again. The chain you know, is too big, he can't escape, and so after a while he stops trying, and then they just take the chain off, and as an adult he never tries to get away, because earlier on he couldn't, he couldn't pull away. One thing we need to do is we need to refuse to limit ourselves based on past experiences. Eliminate elephant thinking. Because that's what we do. We try once, and we fail, and we don't like that feeling. It was embarrassing, humiliating maybe, and we don't ever want to do that again. What Philippians 4.13 is saying is, you can do what you need to do with the strength that God provides, with the help that he gives. One guy I read said, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, you are qualified right now to do whatever God wants you to do. That, that's true. Not, not just church stuff, not just this, you know, this, this God category, but there is no God category for our work. He, he wants to help you Monday through Friday, or whenever you work, whatever you're doing, in family life and in ministry. He wants to help. And so we can go to him and depend on him. Finally, to overcome the gravity effect at work, be faithful and take responsibility for doing your part. Our, our stewardship at work is our responsibility spelled out probably in our job description. This is my role. You're going to do better if you go above and beyond your job description and not just stick to that. But your job description lays out your stewardship, your piece of the action. This is why they hired you, to make this happen. They didn't hire you to look stylish as you came to work or to be yourself. They hired you to get this part of the job done. It's important to understand. So, you do better if you take responsibility for that. Sometimes what we do is that part of the gravity effect that, that impacts us at work is we, we expect the boss or the leader, say it's in home or here in ministry, we expect the boss to be a mind reader. It's unfair to expect them 
to know what you need in any given moment of time because they can't read your mind. Maybe you need more training. Take responsibility to get the training. Maybe you need some other resources. Take responsibility to get them if you can. Let them know if you can't. But do it with an attitude that, hey, I want to do my part. I want to make this happen. This is my role, and this is what I need. Could you help me with this? If, if you let them know what you need with a heart to accomplish the goal to move things forward, that, that, that is unusual. Let, let them know. Same with ministry. Let the leader know what's going on. We, we can't read minds. Bosses can't read minds. Parents can't read minds. Kids can't read minds. So just get it out there. It's also unfair to expect our leaders, our bosses, to, to understand what motivates us. Because sometimes we play this game. Well, you know, as soon as they motivate me in the way that I like to be motivated, in the way that I deserve or prefer, then I'm going to do my, my job with everything I've got. We only hurt ourselves when we play that game. We play the read my mind game, and then I'll do my job. That, that hurts us. It, it, it not only hurts us, it hurts the overall effort. It's in my own best interest to take full responsibility to get my job done. That's what it means to be a good steward. That's what it means to be faithful with the role that you've given. And stewards are required to be faithful, you find in 1 Corinthians 4 too. This is true at home. It's true at work. It's true in ministry. This is kind of a work-related version of what Alex was talking about last week with the blame game. If we ask the wrong kind of questions, then we do the wrong things. And when questions in this instance are, are the wrong kinds of questions. They lead to procrastination, increasing problems, and failure. So if you're asking things like, when is the department going to do its job? When is that? If they do their job, I could do my job. When is someone going to train me? When, when is management going to provide us with more products? When, when are the customers going to learn to, if you're a waitress, when are they going to learn to read the menu? <laughs> yeah, you start getting just frustrated with what's going on with everyone around you, and that's counterproductive. So when questions, when are they going to do this, are extremely unhelpful. They're not good. These questions block our best effort for the Lord. We're a faithful steward when we take responsibility to get what we need to make it happen. We take responsibility. God is pleased when we work with everything we've got, and he promises to reward us. He's faithful to do it. Now and in eternity, he, he will reward. To overcome the gravity effect and work with a whole heart, we need God's help. Because there's a strong pull. Work is fraught with frustrations. And God will help us if we ask him. He, he will provide everything we need to accomplish our work if we're diligent and if we rely on him. I'd like to wrap up the message this morning by giving you an opportunity to think through a next step. If you would, please pull out your connection card that's in, that was in your program this morning and 
fill out any information that you haven't had an opportunity to, or mark one of these next steps that I'm suggesting. Then when the offering comes around, you can put it in the offering basket. Um, first next step, memorize Colossians 3, 22. 23, sorry. Whatever you do, work heartily is serving the Lord, not men. Great verse to memorize. Quote it to yourself all through the workday. It's a good one. Second step, I need to overcome the gravity effect by circle one, A, B, or C, what we just walked through. Stop allowing worry to paralyze me. Choose a can-do attitude or quit making excuses and take responsibility for doing my part. It's another step you could take. There may be others on your mind that God's brought to mind. Please take those uh, as well. Before we sing the next praise song, I'd just like to ask you, if you would, to uh, join me in prayer. Billy Graham took out an ad, and there it is. There's the ad on the uh, screen. He took out a full-page ad in the Wall Street Journal this week, and this is what it said. I wanted to talk about this today because I'm going away for two weeks. I'm not going to be here for the next, next Sunday. I'll be back before the, the monthly service in Alhambra. But I wanted to pray together for the election that's coming up because I agree with Billy. <laughs> this is a great, great statement. On November 6th, you may have seen it on Facebook and a few places. On November 6th, the day before my 94th birthday, our nation will hold one of the most crucial, critical elections in my lifetime. We're at a crossroads and there are profound moral issues at stake. I strongly urge you to vote for candidates who support the biblical definition of marriage between a man and a woman, protect the sanctity of life, and defend our religious freedoms. The Bible speaks clearly on these critical issues. Please join me in praying for America that we will turn our hearts back toward God. What's happening is we're lifting anchor from the, the principles that the country's been built on, and we need to focus more and more on those. That's what's going to make us last. So I'm, I, I agree with Billy Graham. This is a very important election. I want to pray about it together. I want to, you know, we're going to pray with the kids next week as well uh, about the election. Let's, let's pray that we turn our heart back to God, that his purposes would be accomplished in and through us as a country. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We honor your holy name. We thank you for the truth of scripture that guides us in every area of our lives. Thank you for the help that you're willing to give us in our work. You've given us the responsibility, but you are willing to help us. Help us, God, to take the next steps that bring honor and glory to you. Father, I pray for this election that's coming up, that you'd put the men and women in place in the positions that uh, would commend what is good and uh, punish what is evil. That you'd work through our government to lead us back to you rather than drifting further and further away. Put the people in place who will help us to have what we need to be encouraged back to you, God. I don't, I don't know how you would do that, but I know that you can do that. And so we ask, God, that you would give us leaders to lead us in a direction that would please you and bring honor to you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.